Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. You know, there's a real disadvantage to recording these before they come out like so long before they come out it's not so so long it's like four to five days but by the time this episode comes out i will have done a writing retreat Mm -hmm. and i'm very excited about that because some of our listeners uh i might be collaborating with on written stuff that i'll be working on but i can't tell you how it's going because it ain't have gone yet well no one knows that, so you can lie. And oh, it say, went great. There it went you go. so well. See? Man, I was typing. It was like God gave me a high five, and it was just like flowing off of my fingertips as I typed on the keyboard. Perfect. Yeah. See, no one's the wiser. Exactly. How how could anyone know? Uh, who are you? Me, Kate. Uh, me, Betsy. Uh, and this is Hughes and Kate. And uh, what is this podcast, Kate? We talk about uh, writing and dreams. Oh, absolutely we do. No disagreement there. <laughs> and, you know, coda, picture books. Ah, yeah. I'm not sure if that was the accurate use of a coda. Not really. I put it in, I, I just figured You're it You're the English cool. major. You do whatever you want. As I didn't learn grammar. <laughs> English isn't about grammar. What? Uh, not in college. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So, yes. This is Visa and Kate. We talk about picture books. Specifically, if picture books are good or bad and if they deserve to be remembered as classics yes yes and today it is very snowy it is i don't know if you noticed i did you were outside in high heels in the snow were you not i was yes where are you going with this well okay here's the thing we just did the valentine's day episode and it was maybe our most obscure book ever (laughs) a book so obscure that literally a no one requested it (laughs) b i'd never heard of either the author or the illustrator or the book itself and yet we still did a kate why did we do it because it was valentine's day and it was a holiday book i have to go in the exact opposite direction i need to do a famous book this week i need to do a book that is so famous the people will hear it and be like, oh, duh, what? They haven't done this book already? Wait, is it so famous that I've heard of it? No. Oh, okay. Shush. <laughs> Shush, you. Uh, no, but it is very appropriate for the weather right now. So, I'm going to pull it out. Are you ready? Okay. I'm going to guess it has snow in the title. Oh, The Mitten. By... Adapted and illustrated by Jan Brett. That's right. Have you ever heard? You've never heard of The Mitten? I've heard of The Mitten from childhood. I couldn't tell you what it's about. Uh, you say from childhood, and I will say that this book did come out in 1989. I was five. You were a wee slip of a lass. Yes. So you may have encountered this in some form, particularly because our mother is very fond of this author-illustrator because... She shows stitches in knitted works particularly well, and this is called The Mitten. So there's going to be lots of stitches. There's going to be so many stitches, Kate. (laughs) You will be, well, you will not be in stitches. It's not that funny. But you you will see many a a fine stitch. Okay. Are you ready to be stitched up? Okay. All right, go read the book. 
While Kate does her read, let's do a little bit of a deep dive into The Mitten. So Jan Brett has done many a fine book, but The Mitten is undoubtedly the one people know the best. We've never done anything on Jan Brett, and to be perfectly frank, she had a really happy childhood and it's not that interesting. I'm sorry guys, she's a very healthy, well-adjusted person. Not a lot to dig into there. However, the story behind this book is rather prescient. We are doing a book based on a Ukrainian folktale. Considering the fact that Ukraine is in the news quite a lot these days, this seems a little bit timely. And so I looked at a bunch of different interviews done with Jan Brett, and the one that I liked the most was from teachingbooks.net, where they asked her where the story came from, and here is how she answered. It is a book that a lot of people love. I heard the story originally from three teachers, and I dedicated the book to them. The book is 20 years old now, and I still keep in touch with those three teachers. Here's what happened. I was doing a book signing, and they came in and said, we have this story that we really love, and it's got animals and snow in it, and we think you must love animals and snow. And I said yes. I wanted to dig down to the roots of the story. I located Ukrainian books and discovered that they have a different alphabet. So I got in touch with a Ukrainian woman and she translated all the different versions of the Mitten story. They really varied. Then she goes into the different variations. We will put the link in the show notes. But later in the interview, she says, I wanted to go to the Ukraine to research the book and see what a Ukrainian village looked like. But it was during the time when Russia was the Soviet Union and I was told I wouldn't get a lot of freedom to walk around and explore. So I went to the Museum of New York City. I met a lot of Ukrainian expatriates there and they gave me all of the information I would need for the book, but it wasn't the same as actually traveling to the Ukraine. And here's some of the advice that they gave that I really enjoy. The Ukrainian expatriate suggested I make Nikki's clothes too big for him because his family would have have made them by hand and passed them down from father or older brother. He'd wear a belt to make his jacket fit closer around his tummy And the boots, too, might be a little big. He might stuff them with newspaper or wear an extra pair of socks to make them fit. They also suggested I use lots of bright red in the mitten because that is a favorite color in Ukraine. So the door of the little house is red. A lot of the Ukrainian needlework motifs on the birch bark are red. And Nikki's hat is red. Now, before we begin, I have to ask you a question. Yes. Is this or is this not Kate Art? Oh, 100%. I thought so. I thought so. I thought, how have we never done Jan Brett? Because I feel like Jan Brett is 100% Kate Art, but I didn't know for a fact. So now you've confirmed that. Oh, yeah. Most of my vote is going towards the art. Yeah, right? (laughs) Okay. So I understand that and uh, support it. And and so for people who don't know what uh, Kate Art is, it is extremely realistic illustrations. Right. Which is why I pointed out the stitches in the sweaters, because (laughs) this is a woman who isn't just going to be like, I'm just going to draw a bunch of V's and make it a sweater, which a lot of people do. And not everybody. Some people aren't even clear that there are V's in sweaters. As soon as you get into the story, you can see, oh, look, a very accurate spinning wheel. A shockingly accurate spinning wheel. Yeah. Yeah. So we see this grandmother with a spinning wheel and yarn Mm -hmm. and... She's apparently taking care of this young boy named Nikki who wants mittens made from wool as white as snow. Not that he's picky or anything. Very specific. Yeah. And you see his grandmother, whose name is Baba, Mm -hmm. um, knitting. And the needles in the illustration are 
Perfect. Oh yeah, no. Are those ends pointed straight up to the sky like a TV antenna? <laughs> they are not. She even has the finger correctly yeah. where it should be. No, this is a woman who drew this picture and understood how the thing is made. She paid attention. She did the research. People, I do a regular bit on my blog every year at the end of the year on incorrect needle positioning in picture books when people are knitting. This year alone, I've already found like four people wow. who've done it incorrectly. It's so weird. It's, it's not, so weird. It's not hard to look up. It's not hard to look up. It's just a matter of caring. And most people don't. Well, they should use this book as a reference because Precisely. that is perfect. Thank you. And she is, she didn't want to, the grandmother didn't want to knit white mittens. She says, you're going to drop one in the snow and you're never going to find it. I mean, a woman has a point. <laughs> She's like, but, I know how these things work. But I'm assuming this is her grandson. He's persistent yeah. that he really wants these mittens and finally she makes them. And I'm like, oh, did she make them with that really long string that connects the mitten with the other so that, you know, you can. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it goes through, through that, through the coat. Yeah. So you, you can't lose them. Exactly. Yeah, you put it that would make the sense. Sleeves, yeah. And that way. It, you know what? The problem is you do that around kindergarten, first grade. But this kid, he looks like he might be more third grade. So he's he's too old for mittens like that. Oh, well, I do like there are so many little intricate details on this page. Like she has beautiful plates on a shelf behind her that are mm-hmm. have itty bitty details or yep. his socks have. Oh, my gosh. His socks details. alone are worth the price of the entire book. Just looking at, just that side view of his socks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I like that, you know, there's a rug that has little details. So I like mm-hmm. that she took the time, you know, there's a there's a scarf that's hanging on a hook that has intricate details. Mm-hmm. I like that she took the time to do that in yeah, this Yeah, the stuff that she she, most people to. would just sort of half-ass, you know, be like, whatever, you know, it's the background details. Who exactly. Cares? Well, he goes off to climb a tree. Like you do. And one of the mittens falls out of the belt onto the bottom of this tree. And then a mole comes along and sees this mitten and is like, this is the perfect place for me to burrow inside and get all warm and cozy. Mm-hmm. One thing I also like is that on either side of the page, you kind of have foreshadowing of what's to come yeah Um, you get like a split screen almost yeah and they're happening in silhouettes of mittens right which is very clever so one side is nikki and his adventures before he figures out he's lost a mitten right and the other is the next animal that's coming right right? but you can always see what animal that is oh nice in like a preview that's cool (laughs) yeah he's like you know in the in the little preview on the left hand side he's running across um like a log that's been Mm -hmm. hollowed out and inside the log is a rabbit well then on the right side you see the rabbit coming out so he's like disturbed the rabbit and the rabbit's come out because of him he disturbs all the animals it's nice it's kind of like uh yeah i like how you said it was a preview next week on the mitten (laughs) a rabbit's been disturbed yeah so the rabbit comes and uh sees that there is a mole in a mitten and he's like you know what that looks like a good idea yeah (laughs) i'm just gonna moles aren't that spiky so sorry dude he he goes in feet first he's just kind of like excuse me well yeah you'd be like part part, 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 excuse me i just need to get right in there all right just scoot over a little bit and the mole's not thrilled with this but he sees how big the rabbit's feet are Mm. and he doesn't put up much of a fight also rabbits are super comfy so i think this is a win-win so far yeah. yeah, body heat. Body heat and, uh, you know, mitten stretch. It's all good. Well, that's what I'm seeing now is that this mittens is getting more and more stretched out. And I'm right. like, oh, man, that sucks. <laughs> like, 
Uh. Well, now we have a hedgehog mm-hmm. come along, uh, and he, you know, the hedgehog. Well, this right. kid is just disturbing all of nature. Yeah, with, yeah, his, well, with his investigation. Well, on the uh, on the page with the hedgehog on the left hand side, you can see the kid is looking through a hole in the tree, and there's an owl up top. On the right-hand side, the owl now comes down. So that's to come. Yep. However, the hedgehog here, uh, he wants to make himself warm. And the rabbit and the mole aren't going to gripe be- with someone that has prickles all over him. I, so I'm just trying to figure out how he manages to... Because he, he's going in head first. So yep. how is he managing to not prick them in the course of turning around and getting in? I oh, guess, you know... I'm pretty as sure long he, as he is. doesn't back up, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, if he was going in head first and be like, oh, wait, I need to back up, they'd probably be like, no! But at this point, I'm thinking, okay, the kid... How have you not noticed that your mitten is missing? Are your hands not cold? And if they're not, you don't need mittens in the first place. Uh, I can attest as the mother of an eight-year-old boy. A boy (laughs) can go a long time before thinking he needs a mitten on his hands. So this all rings true to me so far. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, the rabbit, you know, is looking at this hedgehog butt. And yeah, has, that's a whole lot of hedgehog about there. And mm-hmm. he's got the face of my cat when my cat is being disturbed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the face of the rabbit. Like, yeah. excuse me. And yet I'm not going to get up the energy to make you do anything. Exactly. Like move and I just yeah. feel so bad for the mole. Well, the mole is just squish. Who is being trampled on yeah. by by a hedgehog. Everyone's bigger than him. And and the mole saw the mitten first. He did, but he should have dragged it back to his den. See, that was his fault. I, who would have thought a, a mitten could stretch this much, though? I mean, mittens are very stretchy. Uh, you can stretch them a lot. Well, now we got this owl, okay? <laughs> Here's where it gets weird. Now, on the illustration with the owl, you can clearly see the stitches of the mitten. Yeah. And they're they're great. Oh, they're Love beautifully them. done. Perfect. Yep. This woman knew how to knit a mitten. Yeah. And she also knew how to illustrate animals very well because the owl is just perfect. Look at every feather on that thing and how it lays upon every feather behind. I mean, it's wow. It's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. This is Kate art. We we need more of this. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Uh, So the owl comes and he sees, well, I I call it breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Inside of a mole or inside of a mitten. And he's like, all right, I'm just going to use my giant talons to take this mitten back to my home and I'll have three meals and, and they'll be delicious. That's the end. how the owl found his meal. The yeah. end. Is that, is that not how it Uh, Not goes? normally, no. Oh. No, no. I think people might object. Oh, well, It'd also be a much shorter story. Well, apparently the owl thinks it's a good idea to join his meals inside of a giant mitten. And the meals, I'm going to call them, uh, aren't going to argue because they see these giant talons that are glinting and they quickly let them inside. But I I don't... How? Look, if I'm going to a sauna and I see a chocolate cake in the sauna, I'm definitely going to enjoy that sauna. But to be fair... I will also eat that chocolate cake. So why yeah. would there be a chocolate cake in the sauna? I don't. I'm just trying to find an example That's of something disgusting. delicious in a warm place. Never eat a random <laughs> chocolate cake in a sauna, Betsy. Fine. But I, but I do like the little hedgehog is. Uh, oh, his spikes. little prickles are actually coming through. Yeah, they're coming out of the mitten. Jeez, it's little That's details so like that. So much thought was put into this. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so somehow the owl gets inside this mitten along with all the other animals. Mm-hmm. Now we got a badger. Badger's coming out. He, uh, the, the other animals, it says, 
we're not pleased. <laughs> That's a very uh, understated way of putting it, yes. And it says that there wasn't any room left, but when they saw the badger's diggers, uh, uh, they gave him the thumb. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself... They gave him the thumb. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, uh, okay, so they weren't pleased, but... Honey badger don't care. Uh, honey, ba- honey badger don't care. And how does a badger fit inside the thumb of a kid's mitten? I mean, if you really stretched it out, maybe. Like, what kind of yarn is this? Right? It's like the stretchiest yarn in existence. The badger decides to get inside the mitten, and then comes a fox. <laughs> now, <laughs> the fox... Bless his heart. Um, <laughs> he pokes his muzzle in the mitten. Is that his nose all the way at the other end? Wow. The owl and the fox illustrations are so realistic. Right. I mean, you you look at the fox's it's his pelt. rear. His pelt. And it's, it's just so fuzzy. It's so fuzzy. I just want to pet it. I know, right? It's... I want to go like look at all those YouTube videos of people petting foxes. Well, you're definitely going to have to put these on Instagram so people can see exactly oh, I will, what oh, we're referring to. I will Instagram to. the heck out of this. Yes. Okay. Now, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm sorry, but there is no way Baba's good knitting, because it says a bear comes and Baba's good knitting <laughs> held fast. And I'm like, there is no way her knitting has anything to do with the yarn's capability to stretch to 20 times the normal size. <laughs> How many stitches did she put in there? Unless Baba has magic yarn. Oh, is she Baba Yaga? Is that who this actually... Are we actually dealing I'm, with Baba Yaga? I'm not discounting anything at this point. Is she, is she jumping around in a pestle? Is that how she's getting around? Does she have a house with chicken feet on the bottom? I don't know. I think that's what we're talking about here. This is, I don't know. Baba is Baba Yaga. Oh, suddenly the book makes so much more sense. Okay. (laughs) I think we've cracked it. Well, yeah. So we meet the bear. The bear decides to get in the mitten. And then it comes a little itty bitty meadow mouse. Right. And at this point, you can see on the panels on the left and the right side that the kid finally (laughs) realizes... That his love, mitten is missing. I love the expression on his face. Like, do <laughs> Yeah. I love this illustration because the mouse is on the bear's nose. Uh-huh. And both the owl and the fox <laughs> the are... predators. Both of them are looking well, at it. Well, then the badger. I think badgers eat rodents as well, so... But the badger's kind of looking he's down. Kinda, yeah, right, He's not yeah, looking he's at the mouse like the position, other two. But the other two are like... I think if there was a little speech bubble above both the owl and the fox, it would say... I call dibs. Listeners, if any of you want to make that speech bubble, I will put it on Instagram. You are free to do so. (laughs) So now I realize why the fox's tongue is sticking out on the cover page. Oh, why is that? Because the bear, his, his nose got tickled by the mouse's whiskers and lets out an enormous sneeze, at which oh. point all the animals are flying out of the mitten, mm-hmm. and the fox realizes this is his one chance to make it look like an accident. <laughs> <laughs> he is flying out of the mitten with his mouth open, hoping that the mouse just happens, happens to, to fall, fall in. Inside. Yeah, no, good call, fox. I'm with you on this one. He tries so hard. And the owl is kind of like, damn, why didn't I think of that? Yeah, he's yeah. too far away at this yeah, point. Yeah, no, no, no. The fox is in a much better position, but he's twisted quite. Yeah, yeah he yeah, doesn't quite get the quite angle right. right. Yeah. When all the animals flew out of the mitten, the mitten flew up in the air, which Nikki, <laughs> the boy, saw against the silhouette. Silhouetted against the beautiful blue sky. Yes. Yep. 
and he runs to the mitten and he's throwing it up in the air and he's catching it and his uh, his baba can see out the window that okay the boy is safe he also still has both of his mittens all it's is a minor well. miracle yeah. and you flip the page there are no words <laughs> it is just inside the silhouette of a mitten you see grandma baba and Nikki the kid holding onto a cat for some reason in front of a fire. Cutting the cat. And one, he, she's holding onto one regular size mitten <laughs> and one giant stretched out mitten. But if there was a bear, look, it should be dragging again, along the floor. We're dealing with magic here, so it must have shrunk down. But even then, even the magic could not undo the damage that the bear had wrought. A freaking bear was in there, Betsy. Maybe it was a maybe it was a very tiny bear. <laughs> A tiny bear. A tiny bear. Okay. Okay. So, yes, Jan Brett. Um, you know, this, she'd done books before this. She did many, many, many books. After, she's still making books. She's making books of this very day. She does books all the freaking time. Her style never really changed. And But this was the one that put her on the map. I would say this is the one that got the most attention. Uh, this is also, notably, the one that should have probably gotten some Caldecott love. I was just going to say, why isn't there a medal on never, the front? never, never got... Now, I, I have a theory about this. So when this book came out in the late 80s, uh, this was a time when we had a lot of illustrators doing some pretty hyper-realistic art, but the books that won were not hyper-realistic. This was a style that was not considered to be the best style to give children's book awards to. And so she falls into that category of vastly loved illustrators that have not won any Caldecotts and never will. At this point, she can't win one, as far as I'm concerned. She could make the best book in the entire world at this point, but because she does the same style every single time, committees are not going to seriously consider her work. That's so, so frustrating. It is she fall, there are many illustrators who fall into this category, I, and, and she is a wonderful example of them. Um, had she gotten at least one award for this book, I would say, back in the day, but, you know, the last laugh, she has the last laugh, because this book is remembered very well. It is brought up all the time. I had no difficulty getting one from my library, because we had so many copies, because they go out all the time. Huh. Ratings time. You go first. I love this book. When you're adapting a folktale, um, you know, there's a lot of difficulty that comes with that. They don't all adapt to the picture book form that well. This was by no means the first adaptation of The Mitten. I think there was one by Alvin Tresselt. Uh, I'm probably mispronouncing his name horribly, but it had come out before and was probably the best known version of this story. This one's better. I'm sorry, people who love Alvin. This book is better done, and it is... Not just because of just how beautifully it's illustrated, but also because of the side panels, the amount of attention paid, but the storytelling. The storytelling holds up. She knows how to tell a story. She knows how to make it good. And quite frankly, I think in some versions, like the mouse crawls into the mitten and then explodes. There's no way that makes sense. This makes sense. It Mouse crawls on the nose of the bear and the bear sneezes and everybody gets forced out of the mitten. That makes perfect sense. So... I just got to give this one to her. It's it's a great book. It's smartly done. It's beautifully illustrated. Uh, it's a, it's a little high for me. I don't think I've gone this high in a long time, but I'm going eight. Okay. All right. So I obviously love the illustrations. First of all, they're gorgeous. Um, I like the folktale, especially since there's no explanation 
like worded out at the end it's it's a wordless illustration at the end which yeah. i think is yeah perfect. i think that's more powerful yep um i also appreciate the stitches and the correct way of holding the knitting needles however uh, baba should save her magic yarn on something or on someone that will appreciate them also the fact that no one ate anyone else is a little bit odd i mean we uh, don't see them eat everyone else but we don't see what happens after they all get flung out yeah so that yeah. mouse is gone man but this is a great winter story not a good yes. year-round story so i actually gave it a 6.75 most of it going for the illustrations uh-huh. So, um, if it, if you could read this year round, then I would have given it a higher rating. So, but with our scores combined, it's above a five. So it's definitely a classic. That is is a clear cut classic. Yeah. Yeah. Letters time. All right. So Nick Brule wrote us, uh, this was after we had done the Leo and Diane Dillon book, uh, who's in rabbit's house. And I had mentioned before that they apparently illustrated simultaneously, but how does that work? I don't understand logistics. So he gives us a little insight onto this. He says, I watched Leo and Diane Dillon draw once. It was among the most extraordinary things I'd ever seen. They would sit on opposite sides of a table. Then they would briefly discuss what they were going to draw together. Then they would each start drawing on their side of the paper. And then something magical happened without uttering a word. They would suddenly stop drawing and one of them would turn the paper around. And then they would start drawing over what the other one had begun. They would continue that way, drawing, and turning the paper around until the page had been filled. I saw this with my own eyes, and to this day, I still cannot completely comprehend what I had witnessed. (laughs) And I asked him, is there a video of this? Because I've never seen it. And he said, no. He has never been able to find a video of this, this Hmm. thing that they've ever did. But... At least now, from the horse's mouth, we have evidence that they did do this. There was a witness. There was a witness for this incredible and very strange technique. It's How cool, do you people? It's very cool. Um, and I doubt anyone has ever done it before or since. Yeah. So there you go. So thank you, Nick, for that additional information. He would know. He is a has a lot of insight into the children's book world. Grown up things we like. So last week. You and me and the penguinologist and your husband and our brother oh, dear, did our very it. first D&D campaign together. Yes, we did. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. It was good. So it was good. Our brother was the dungeon master. And because I've been listening to this podcast called Tales from the Stinky Dragon. Which is excellent on Instagram, by the way. Yeah. If you yeah. if you want to check out, if you, if you know nothing about D&D, this is perfect yeah. uh, because they are great storytellers. Some of them are actors mm. um, and it's it's very entertaining. Like I will be walking the dog and laughing like an idiot, yeah. wondering if my neighbors think I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we tried our own D&D campaign. It went, I think, really well. I think it went pretty well. Um, considering we, most of us had no idea what we were doing oh absolutely not no. um our brother definitely had to help us along the way mm-hmm. a lot yeah i'm glad we were able to keep him on his toes exactly but, but it was also a lot of fun it was great to like work together and and you know problem solve and i'm looking forward to doing the next adventure together I win, which we will yeah Fantastic. yeah though that's a very good one uh so i'm continuing to make my way through movies uh that have gotten awards or that did not get award nominations uh, for the Oscars, but were at least mentioned in the conversation. So we watched Triangle of Sadness. Have you have you heard of Triangle of Sadness? Nope. 
I feel like in the past year we've had three movies that have very much been like crazy rich people, funny movies, whatever you do, do not hang out with rich people and definitely don't get on their boats and definitely don't go on that island. So the first of that being uh, The Menu, the second of that being Glass Onion, and the third one being Triangle of Sadness. So this is about a uh, male model and his model girlfriend, who's also an influencer, who get, you know, they get free stuff all the time because she's an influencer, and they end up on this boat where Woody Harrelson is the captain. Uh, and then, you know, it's this cruise ship, and there it's supposed to be a pleasure cruise, and there's a lot of entitled rich people on there. And things go terribly, terribly, terribly wrong. About the time that I explained to my daughter, so then that's where the explosion happens, and then the pirates come, and she's like, was this written by a third grader? <laughs> I was like, essentially, yes. <laughs> so the movie just goes in directions you do not expect. It is very funny. Um, again, funny. However, I should warn you, if you have a problem with uh, bodily functions, do do not watch this film. There is... There is so much vomit in this film. I cannot even... Like that Monty Python, uh, you know, meaning of life or whatever it was, uh, can't even compare to what is in this film. But... Uh, it is it is fantastic, and I really enjoyed it. I love that we are ending this podcast talking about vomit. That I is, that's on you. I uh, I regret nothing. <laughs> I stand by it. Okay. Yeah. Triangle of sadness. Two thumbs up. All right. Yay! All right. So then, I guess the next book we need to do will be a Mardi Gras book, right? Um, it'll be way past Mardi Gras by the time we do it. We would have had to have done the Mardi Gras book this week. Well, Mardi so, Gras is in all also, of our hearts, though. You know what? I have seen. <laughs> a fantastic Mardi Gras book but it is uh, too recent so Aww. yeah no, not gonna happen no no I'll surprise you with something Ooh. I'll get you something good now that we've finally done a book that a lot of people have heard of as opposed to whatever that <laughs> Valentine's Day book was okay yeah <laughs> and until I find another book to do I have been Betsy I'm Kate bye Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production you can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number eight, Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our Yankee Doodle Dandy is Drew Atienza. Fuse8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird. 